At that time, Jesus declares, Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Hey guys, welcome back. This is Jen and Hannah, and we are excited to talk to you some more about community. Hello. Something that Hannah and I are doing communally right now is drinking a beverage. Mm -hmm. Hannah, do you want to talk about the beverage that you brought for us to drink? Yes. The beverage is apple cider. Which, good. Objectively, good. good drink. So good. Here's the problem. Mine is warm. Anna's drinking a warm beverage. <laughs> it's, it's not something that I enjoy. Not something that I want. She was like, oh, you can microwave yours. No, I will not be doing that. And I guess I don't understand. What is the appeal there? Oh, I'm so cozy. Like, my hands are warm. My my insides are warm. Like, I was going to ask you if you've ever had, you know, like whiskey. It kind of like warms. You can feel it warming all the way down. That's such a nice feeling. Cozy. I don't, I don't feel that way. <laughs> have you ever experienced that, that? Have I ever experienced a warm beverage? I have. I've ha- had hot cocoa. I've had coffee. <laughs> have had tea. Tea is disgusting. Huh. It doesn't do it for me. I just, I don't, it burns your tongue. It's like. Well, it's been too hot for you then. I, I just don't understand the appeal. I think it's cozy. Like, do you see how I'm holding it? Like, all close to my body with both my hands. It's warm. See, this is part of why I don't like winter. The idea of cozy, not for me. I don't want to be bundled. Oh, I, I love don't want it. to snuggle. I don't want <laughs> like I, I don't want any of that. I want personal space. That's totally fine and I respect that. Yeah. What about sweaters? Scarves. No, I, I mean, I will wear them because it's cold and Necessary. the cold is a nightmare, but no, I'm not wearing it cuz it feels good to have on my body. Huh. Hmm, are you like a um are you a top sheet person? Like do you need a top sheet when you sleep? I will not use a top sheet. I do not either. Some people think that's really odd. No, I think that's extremely normal. Hmm. Why do they sell them? I don't know. Some people, some people think that's really gross. Like, I'm trying to think, who thinks it's gross that I don't do that? I don't know. Maybe. Uh. I mean, you just wash your blanket. Yeah, it's fine. Which I do with my bedding. And to be honest, when you wash your blanket, it gets like a better texture to it. Yeah, softer. Yeah. But are you like a big blanket person? Or are you a thin... Okay, this is maybe a gross fact. Oh. I have had the same polar fleece blanket since I was 12. I wash it a lot. Sure. Um, I love it. Is it becoming like a little matted and not so soft? That's what I love. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> I I have a newer polar fleece blanket. It's fine, but I love the texture of this one because it is not soft. Is this like a throw or like a queen size something? No, it is like the blanket that I sleep with. Okay. It is large. What, is there a design on it? Yeah. It is music notes on one side, smiley faces on the other. That is so cute. Did someone hand make it with those ties around the edges? My mom did. Oh, I love that. She has made me several others since, but I just, I like that one. It's got Hmm. the right amount of like, again, yeah. Did you, um, like, like music a lot? That year? Yeah. Oh yeah. Didn't you play, what instrument did you play? Like the flute or the clarinet? I played the trumpet. Close. I was close. Not that close. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I'm not, 
I think that's part of why I don't like winter is I don't want to be bundled. I don't want a hot drink. I don't want any of the, I don't like fire is nice, but I would rather not need it. Mm. Like I would rather have it and be okay to like be away from it. Mm-hmm. I don't like when you have to like be close to it or you're cold. Mm-hmm. I don't want a fire in my house. I never want that. Oh, that's so cozy. No. So you'd rather be hot than cold. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You are a beach person. Yeah. And just like not here like this, not here for this. Uh, this is nice outside. What mm. is it? 45. Yeah. <laughs> not nice. It's 45 not nice. degrees? You're from Oklahoma. Yeah. It gets snow and ice there, so that's worse. Sure. My jeans are from Nebraska. <sighs> oh, ugh. Yuck. I'm but, from Missouri. So yeah. We're kind of around the same area. Yeah. And so, here's the thing, though. When you live in a place like that and then you, you move, you move based on what kind of a climate do I desire. So... You know, this is the furthest north I will ever live. Mm. Right here, right now. If the the Lord wills. Yeah. Right? Sure. You never know. Sure. You do never know. (laughs) You do never know. Um, Yuck. But like Florida? Gross. See, I could do that. I don't think it would bother me. (sighs) People complain about humidity. I think it's fine. I just don't. Maybe... Maybe if I was like a Disney character at Disney World. Like, maybe. I mean, my issue with Florida would be the wildlife. Oh, crocodiles. Alligators? Which one? All of it. I mean, like, which one is there? I think both. They're so scary to me. They're, like, underneath your car waiting. And snakes and, yeah, I'm not here for that. Mm. Mm. I need all four seasons. I don't. (laughs) I really don't. My plan before I moved here was to move to Houston, where there are no seasons. That's sad to me. No, that was the dream. That was the dream. See, that's that's cool that... We're still friends and we have so much not in common. Well, and I think that comes to, we are coming to a point, guys, mm-hmm. um, what we're talking about today, which is what do we learn about community in scripture? Mm-hmm. And you may be saying this weather conversation doesn't feel super relevant to that. But um, today we're going to talk about a time when God's people had to move mm-hmm. to a place that we're not psyched to move to. Maybe you've done that. Mm-hmm. I've done that. Mm-hmm. Maybe you haven't. Maybe it's something to think about. But I think those of us who have had a major move, whether it was a planned one or not, you know that like it's hard to leave a community and try to like establish something new. It's very hard. It's yeah. very hard. I was actually just talking to my next door neighbor about this because her friend saw me in the grocery store and was like, hey, you're so-and-so's friend. And, you know, I... We've had dinner quite a few times with them as well. And I was like, yes, your friend's a friend. You know, it's like um, when you move somewhere and you go to the grocery store and you everyone is a stranger. Horrible feeling. And so I loved the first time I moved here. It was probably a year after I moved here. I saw someone in the grocery store. And I was like, hi, hey, you know me. I know you. Like building connections. But it's so hard to move somewhere new where you don't have any sort of community. Absolutely. And I think... In the times when I have made big moves, the stories in scripture I always come back to are the Babylonian captivity stories, which may sound bleak. It's actually a really cool piece of scripture about how God scattered his people Mm -hmm. because their sin was great and they needed to be brought to repentance. But he didn't abandon them in that time, even though they were not living in the place they wanted to be, even though they were not all together, even though things didn't look the way they wanted them to look. 
it was still a time when they were able to form an identity and they were able to rediscover what it really meant to be shaped not by their location, not by their proximity mm-hmm. to each other, but by the things they believed and mm-hmm. the way that they lived their lives. And I just think that that's really cool. And I think it's a challenge for us today because it's really easy to define ourselves by so-and-so is my neighbor and I go to this church and I live in this place and like... I work here or... Right. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to talk today about what that what that looks like in scripture and what that teaches us about kind of our big idea about community, which is that a small group of people with God's grace can make an outsized impact on the community around them. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we've seen that in pop culture, in our pop culture episode with Parks and Rec, and we're exploring that within our own town, Morganton, North Carolina, 16,000 people. Yes. We uh, fact check that. Hannah was very close to right. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you were like right on with Oklahoma City. I mean, I gave a 500,000 range, <laughs> which makes it easier to be right. To a million. So. Yeah. It wasn't less. Yeah. So now let's explore that in the Word of God. Absolutely. So for those of you who aren't familiar with this sort of narrative in the Bible, we're going to talk specifically about what this looks like in the story of Daniel. And then we're going to read a couple scriptures that kind of go along with that because the story of Daniel is long. Mm-hmm. We can't read you the whole book. But the gist of this is that Daniel was alive during the time that Jerusalem was scattered. He and some of his friends were taken to live in exile in Babylon. And they didn't get a chance to bring their things with them. Mm-hmm. They didn't bring their identity. They didn't bring their family. They were in a new place having a new experience with very little control over their lives. and New king, new rules. Absolutely. New food. New food. And this book tells the story of how God's people in Babylon managed to not just forge their own identity, but really impact the culture that they were placed in to the extent that when we see kings of Babylon like proclaiming the name of God, which is crazy. That is crazy. That God would use just a few random people absolutely to make a very big impact like lifelong historical impact right yeah and I mean when you think about it what a hard time to maintain your identity talk about peer pressure (laughs) right right yeah absolutely I mean the stories you know from Daniel are the lion's den Mm -hmm. the fiery furnace Shadrach Meshach and Abednego yeah and I mean you may also know the story of Daniel and his friends refusing to eat the king's food Mm-hmm. and Daniel interpreting the king's dreams. Yes. Half of the book is about dreams. Yes. And it's interesting because no matter what kind of peer pressure that they faced, I mean, their friendship helped them, but what ultimately sustained them was we are the people of God and we follow the laws of God. I would feel so scared because it's not just like one or two or like even 10 people forcing them, encouraging them to do something different. It's like a king. It's a large group of people, and they're just sticking up like sore thumbs. And it wasn't like they lived on the outskirts of community either. I mean, they had roles in government. They were important people. And I think that brings me to something that always really stands out to me about this story, which is that Daniel and his friends didn't hate the people of Babylon. And they didn't withdraw, and they didn't turn away, and they didn't curse. I mean, which I probably would have. I mean, these people had probably killed some of their friends and family. Bullies kidnapped them yeah not not, made fun of them absolutely Mm -hmm. and instead they sought the welfare of the city which included obviously the people of that city the people that have hurt 
other people, hurt them, you know, judge them. That's a hard thing to do. And in doing that, it made that community that they had amongst themselves attractive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's what ultimately caused the changes that we see. It was, man, these people, their identity is so strong that they're not afraid of what I can do to them. Why is that? I've never seen anything like this before. I need to know what is happening with mm-hmm. these people. I need to I need to meet their God. And I think that's something that we all want, but we don't always know how to get there. So, I mean, sometimes we think, I'm just going to pull away from the culture and do my own thing. Mm-hmm. Or we think, I'm just going to be totally immersed in the culture and check get in. lost. Yeah, and mm-hmm. check in with my church friends on Sunday mornings. But other than that, I'm just going to be in it, in it, in it. Mm-hmm. And Hannah, I mean, what do you think, how do we find that balance? I always go back to another church planner's wife in Spruce Pine. We talk about, this is just her and I, we just one day we're sitting around talking about balance. How, what's the balance between this and this and this? And I was like, I don't know. We were so discouraged. And then she found a Matt Chandler sermon about trying to take the word balance out of your vocabulary and replace it with abide. So like, how do we abide in Christ, in our work life, and in our personal life, you know, it's it probably falls under the idea of like Quorum Deo, all of our lives are lived under the authority of God for the glory of God, like in his face. Balance, I have no idea how to find that. And I feel like we won't know what true balance and harmony is until Christ returns. But I do think that there is this good tension of working through how do we abide in Christ, seeking the welfare of our city where so many people disagree with us mm-hmm. and what we believe. Um, and then also feeling deeply connected to the church and not isolating ourselves from that culture because we, just like on the pop culture episode, we talked about how we can find things in culture and affirm them because all things reflect back to God's redemptive story. It's just like doing that in a way that honors God and figuring that out can be really tricky. It can. So we do have a couple of pieces of scripture we're going to read to you on this theme. And I'm going to let Hannah read hers first. Sure thing. Um, And I'm going to give a little context before she reads. So this is from Jeremiah chapter 29, which is most famous for being on a mug that you got for graduation. Not verse 11. (laughs) We are going to read the things that are around verse 11. Mm -hmm. um, Because what this chapter is famous for is that God has plans for you and that they're good. While that's true. That's true. It's not a promise that we can just claim and then do whatever we want. Mm -hmm. The context of this passage is, this is a prophetic word to the people of God saying, someday you will be restored from captivity, but not for a long time. Yeah. And you're in the place you're in for a reason, Mm -hmm. and you need to embrace that. And Mm -hmm. so I'm going to let Hannah read some of that to you right now. Yep. Jeremiah 29, starting in verse 4. And I'm going to read to verse 7. Thus says the Lord of hosts, God of Israel to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters multiplying there. Do not decrease, but seek, here it is, verse 7, seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. It's good. It's so good. I think it's also really hard because sometimes we want things to change more than we want to change. Uh. And sometimes we're in a situation and we think, I don't want 
to get used to this. I want to get out of this. That's what we pray for. That's what we hope for. That's what we work for. But sometimes the message we're really hearing from God is, I have brought you here and you have to learn to stay. And that's a really powerful calling that I think we all run away from. Mm -hmm. And I think it gives us a more grand picture of who God is too. He's not just going to send us to a place and be like, good luck. I just like to think these people are like, yeah, I do love to plant gardens. I do want to have some babies. Like, yeah, I will eat that produce and share it with my neighbors. You know, like, why not? And it's just, it's not, it's not like an evil thing. But I think God made space for them that they could uniquely fit in and bring blessings to that city. Right? Yeah, I think so. And, you know, as someone who has not loved every place I've ever lived in my life, I think sometimes that's really hard. And it's really hard to accept that and it's really hard to walk in that because something being good for us and us being made to be somewhere mm-hmm. does not always mean that we're just having a good time. And I mean, growth can be challenging. And I don't think probably Daniel and his friends were excited every second that they were living right. in captivity. I mean, they still had jobs. They still had to work. And just thinking about this this verse in Jeremiah, like God also didn't just tell them to sit around and do nothing. He called them to work. Right. Absolutely. You know, since sin, we've had to, you know, Adam's side of the curse was you're going to have to work. You have to labor now. But planting gardens is not easy. Raising kids is not easy. And then like sending your kids off to get married and have more kids, that's not easy either. And, you know, just thinking about the communal aspect of that as well. You can plant a garden by yourself and tend to it and harvest it, but it is so much richer and better. I'm just imagining these people like bringing their children alongside of them, teaching them to garden. And then also maybe someone that doesn't know how to garden, a couple, I don't know, miles down the road, like bringing them alongside, like good teaching discipleship. Because I would, I don't really know how to garden. I could do a little bit. But if God called me this, I'm like, I don't know how to do that, God. Like, I'm not equipped for what you've actually called me to do. And that's scary. Like, who's going to teach me that? You know, I really feel like, That reminds me of this passage as well. Yeah, and I even think about how that's why we need each other. Mm -hmm. And that's the crazy thing is I think when we really embrace this idea of I am here for a reason, I'm going to choose to walk into that instead of away from that, we start to see signs of that. And, you know, an example of that for me is when I moved to North Carolina, I knew zero people in the state of North Carolina I was just kind of here. Scary. (laughs) Yeah, it was crazy. It was a crazy thing. But when I think now about just the ways that I've been able to meet other people and like grace of God to like bring me to Cormdeo and just how God, I really feel like has specifically given me gifts that are to edify like this church body. 100% I can affirm that. And that's dope. Yes. Because... I would not have dreamed when I moved here that that was a part of the plan. Mm-hmm. You didn't. You didn't. You, you didn't know. No, I mean when I moved here, you still lived in Missouri. That's true. Two thousand and seventeen. Sixteen. Sixteen. Oh, we were like years out from moving here. Yeah. Wow. And I mean, I think about that a lot now because it was hard to see in the moment, like what is happening mm. here. Is this gonna <laughs> build to something? Is this gonna? stick almost yeah and I think if you are listening to us and you're finding yourself in that moment where you're like 
maybe it's not location for you. Maybe it's the season of life you're in. Maybe it's your job. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a family situation. Maybe it's whatever it is, but like where you feel like you're waiting for something or you're wanting something to be different than it is. Accepting it where you are now and learning to move and live and thrive in that does Mm -hmm. not mean that you aren't still waiting for the fulfillment of the desires of your heart. Right. And I always think about the verses in Proverbs where it says, dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness, Mm -hmm. which is right near the verses where it says that God will give you the desires of your heart. Mm -hmm. And I think it's both. It's not, it's the already and not yet. Right. Not that you're not praying for and hoping for God to fulfill longings in you or, Mm -hmm. or take away things that are hard, but that in the meantime, Mm -hmm. live well. That's that whole, again, going back to the idea of like abiding in Christ, like say that you are, you have the strong desire in your life and it's just not happening yet. And it's so discouraging because it's a godly desire. Say you want to be married or you want to have kids and like, those are beautiful godly desires to have, but God's timing is perfect timing. And maybe you've been single for a long time, or maybe you've been married and unable to have children for a long time and that ache inside of you. So it's like, what, what do you do in the now as you're waiting? Like where, what does that look like to abide in Christ now today without growing like bitter or confused or angry? That's hard work. And to not just withdraw and say, this isn't the season I wanted, so I'm going to flip over the table and go home. Right. Because that is not what we see in scripture either. Right. And I think the mm. key to that is that we know, and I'm going to, I'm going to misquote this a little bit, but that this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal, eternal weight of, of glory. glory. Mm-hmm. And oh, it's not always light and momentary in my mind. Absolutely. Ultimately, I think when we put our hope in anything that is a part mm-hmm. of that light momentary category, mm-hmm. just like we've been talking about, like, those things fail us. They do. Even really good community yes. fails us because yes. we are not made to have community here. We are made for the kingdom and it's not here yet. We see echoes of it. We see glimpses of it, mm-hmm. but we're supposed to long for that. We're supposed to have this unsettledness of, hey, this isn't right. Yeah, there's no balance. There's no balance, yeah. right? And, you know, this injustice that I see, that's wrong. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to feel that tension, mm-hmm. but not give up. Not always run away from the tension, right? Yeah. Because we can't forget. Like, your psalm, I feel like, is like a, remem- a remembrance of, like, where they've come from, right? Yeah. Or where they're going? It's both. Okay. Um, I was like, I think it's both. <laughs> so I'm going to read from Psalm 126, which is a psalm of ascent, which means that it was one of the songs that the people would sing when they were going up to Jerusalem. Beautiful. This psalm kind of talks about the history of the people of Israel and how God had restored them before and their longing for Mm -hmm. him to do it again. Mm -hmm. I picked this to read because I think this echoes how we're supposed to live in this tension of I'm not sure why this season of my life is this way, but I'm going to embrace it. Mm -hmm. But I'm also going to hope for more. Mm -hmm. So this is Psalm 126. I'm going to read the whole thing. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongues with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we are glad. 
Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. Man, if you're tired, if you're burned out, if you're feeling like I don't understand in 2020 why the world is this way, that discontent is not a bad thing because we are not created for this world. Mm -hmm. And that longing should lead you to Christ. It should stir stir something greater in us. But in the meantime, what does it look like for you to invest deeply in community? Because we are here for a purpose and we are sowing Mm -hmm. because we believe that we're going to reap. And I think that's a really like communal act of faith. I think so too. And I like how they said they said among all the nations, like they're declaring this among all the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. It's like a helping aspect, a calling back, a remembrance. Because there are times when I do not remember God's mercy from my past, past events or past things where God has really shown up. And like I need Jen to remind them of me. It's like, no, I'm here with you. But more importantly, God is here with you and he's been with you and he will carry you through. And that's when communities begin to impact where they are in the world. That's when a church has an impact on its neighbors. That's when any group of people have the ability to change those things you feel that tension about. Mm -hmm. Those things that you're like, I'm not sure this is right. I'm not sure this is good. The power to make things look different, the power to make things look more like the kingdom, Mm. you cannot accomplish that alone. No. And I believe we're not supposed to. Absolutely we're not. No. But if we isolate and feel sorry for ourselves... We don't get that gift of community to help us push into that darkness. Because mm. the darkness will overwhelm you by yourself. It just will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You almost need someone to like see the darkness first and then help you point you to light. Right? Absolutely. Help you guide your way through. And if we can be that for each other, like the church, think about what that means that we can be that for people that do not know Jesus. There's so much darkness, so much. And we have so much light. We have like the ultimate light, light that shines and then like that lighter burden. And I mean, that comes back to Daniel and his friends. They didn't think, I mean, they probably thought this, (laughs) but you know, when they had those moments of, it wasn't like this when we lived in Jerusalem, it wasn't, it wasn't like this. We had community and we had the temple and the presence of God Mm -hmm. was with us and When they longed for those things, they didn't just say, well, let's go back or, well, let's just give up because this isn't that way. They brought the pieces of that that they could into their present reality. They brought Mm. their identity as the people of God into the place that God had brought them. And it was attractive. And God blessed that not only in their own lives, but in the lives of their king Mm -hmm. and their neighbors Mm -hmm. and caused Big change. Yeah, like somewhere, isn't it Daniel 1 where he's like, no, God gave them understanding and wisdom. And favor. Favor. Blessing. Yes. That's attractive to people. They're like, whoa, wait, what? It's something maybe they've never seen before or have it something done that they've never seen done before. Yeah. Mm. It can be hard to like worship while you wait, but it's good. It's worth it. It is. Okay. So 
hopefully that has given you something to think about, about what does the scripture say about community? Mm Mm-hmm. That's obviously not the only part of God's word that talks about community. Of course not. And that was only in the New, the Old Testament. We stuck around the Old Testament. Yeah. So Hannah and I, um, something we're going to do when we talk about where we see things in scripture, um, because this is a spiritual discipline that's been really cool for mm-hmm. us in our DNA group with our mm-hmm. friend Ashley, is scripture memory. Woof. Jen has a super natural God-given gift. We give her like whole chapters at a time. To memorize. And she does. She just does. You've been able to do that your whole life, right? Uh, yeah. I That is a way that God has gifted me, but that I haven't always embraced. Sure. And so it's been helpful for me to discipline that and say, I'm not going to not do this. Mm. Um, I, I do yeah. not have that gift. You do great. Oh, thanks. Um, and so we want to bring a little bit of that here because it's a, it's a good practice and mm-hmm. we can show you a little bit about what that can look like. It's a good challenge. So something that we do when we do that is we challenge each other to memorize scripture that we think is relevant to the other person because it's a way to minister to each other. We think Mm -hmm. that's fun. Um, So we're going to frame this as a little bit of a contest is not the right word. We're not scoring, (laughs) Um, but we're going to share with you Mm -hmm. the verses that we have given each other to memorize. Which, of course, revolve around community. Oh, these are in the New Testament. They are, yeah. I think we planned that. We did plan that. Okay. <laughs> Hannah, do you want to go first? Yes. Okay. Jen picked Acts 2, 42 through 44. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, and to prayers. And they were all in awe. awe every soul, every one of them. We're seeing signs and wonders that were done by the apostles. Is that right? Yeah. Roughly. And all who were there, they had all things in common. Not bad. Fill it in. What is that Not last bad. part? And all who believed were together and had uh, all things in common. Come on. That's like the best part. And they were together and had all things in common. Oh, that's good. It is good. Do you mind if I read what the message says? Of course not. Uh, let's see. They committed themselves to the teaching of the apostles life together, the common meal, and prayers. Everyone around was in awe. All those wonders and signs done through the apostles and all the believers lived in wonderful harmony, holding everything in common. Pretty similar. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We, Jen and I, and uh, Ashley and our DNA, we always just kind of bring in a couple different translations and the message finds its way in there too, because the wording is just pretty unique. All right, Jen, what's yours? All right. Mine is Romans 15, five through seven. May the God of endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves in accord with Christ Jesus, so that you may together with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Mm. Christ has welcomed you, Mm. the glory of God. That's good. Yeah. I have memorized that in two different translations. And I got them real mixed. You got well, you had ESV. There's just like one or two words, but like you were basically ESV just then. That was great a good verse yeah with one voice right golly Mm -hmm. there's a lot of different voices we have right yeah i mean what a verse for the times that we're in right now yes and i really was struck reading through this verse because this is a verse i memorized a long time ago and it's one of those that i've known most of my life and i didn't recognize it when hannah signed it to me and i probably (laughs) should have said something (laughs) but endurance and encouragement because may the god of yeah but Paul's not invoking the God of endurance and encouragement without reason. And I think what he's saying is 
real community life Mm -hmm. takes those things. We have to encourage each other when we're feeling good, and we have to endure when things are hard. Right. And in Acts, it says they devoted themselves. Devoted. It's not just like, eh, you know, they just like came a couple Sundays a month. They were like in it, in it to win it together. Yeah. That spirit of unity doesn't just come. Mm -hmm. Like Paul is imploring God to give it to them. Mm -hmm. I don't think we always ask for that. I think I may be speaking for you inappropriately, Hannah. I think sometimes (laughs) I ask to be right. Like, Mm -hmm. let this person agree with me. Yeah. Not give us a spirit of unity. Of unity. Having all things together, all things in common. And, you know, all things. All things. All the things. All Um, the things. Of course, God has made us all uniquely different, right? Jen hates hot beverages, and I love them. But that's not the kind of stuff we're talking about here, (laughs) is it? Absolutely not. But (laughs) I also think it's important to remember that it is a a quorum deo principle. It's not that we just have Sundays and Wednesdays in common. That's right. Our lives are not meant to be compartmentalized chopped up nice in these little boxes that we keep together for the, this is who I am to my coworkers. This is who I am to my next door neighbors. This is who I am to Jen. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're not sure what that looks like, hear what God says in Jeremiah 29, just begin to follow faithfully, mm-hmm. find the work and walk in it. Mm-hmm. And that's where, when we work together, that's when real community happens. When we're united toward a common goal. Right. And we're doing the work together. That's right. And then remember in Psalm 126, like where they sang together. So if you're finding yourself alone in a season of waiting, of fear, of doubt, find those people that will sing alongside of you, that will stir you back to the hope of the gospel, will stir you back to your true identity in Christ, that you're not alone in this season of waiting. I'm going to walk it with you. And that is such a gift to walk life with community. I had a good friend tell me once in a hard season of my life that sometimes our community sings for us until we can sing again. Yeah, I actually experienced that before in my life. Sunday morning worship was like, "Mm, thank God the saints around me are singing because I cannot verbally sing this song right now. Yeah. What a gift. We love you guys. We do. We're excited to talk about this. We're excited to see God's movement in our community. Mm-hmm. And if you're listening to this, you're a part of that. That's cool. And we are excited to talk more about community. We have more discussion about this coming up. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about church tradition. Oh, I'm really excited about that. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. And we'll see you next time. Stay tuned. Thanks again for listening to the Quorum Deo podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or our website, quorumdeonc.com. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram for a bigger picture inside the life of the church. Grace and peace be with you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.